today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. That music, of course, familiar to millions of people. That's the music, of course, with Final Jeopardy. Uh, Alex Trebek, who hosted the show for many, many years, passed away uh, this past weekend at age 80 after a long battle with uh, pancreatic cancer. Uh, a Canadian, of course, uh, who actually got his start in Canadian television and then uh, eventually did some game shows down in the States. Uh, one of the things I always appreciated, aside from his talent and his, his personality, was uh, the ability to laugh at himself, uh, which happened many times. He did a lot of guest spots on a number of different TV shows, uh, notably uh, Cheers, which was, of course, a, a monster TV hit back in the 1980s. And you may remember the uh, smart guy, the smart mailman, Cliff Clavin, the, the bar fly that always hung around, that always knew this bits of trivia, this, that, and the other thing, finally got a chance to appear on, uh, on a Jeopardy episode. Uh, and, of course, Alex Trebek played along. He was the guest star on that particular episode of Cheers. And I remember the, uh, the back and forth between Cliff Clavin and Alex Trebek. This is what it looked like. We have three new contestants with us today, one of them at least, very eager to show how bright he is. So let's get right to it. Players, good luck. We're now going to play the first round of Jeopardy. And here are the categories for you. Civil servants. Stamps from around the world. Mothers and sons. Beer. Bar trivia. And finally, celibacy. Cliff, could I get you to pick a category and an amount? Uh, why don't you go ahead and pick anyone you want? I mean, I am feeling lucky today. Whoa! Uh-oh. Uh, and on and on it went. Uh, funny, funny stuff. Lots to talk about, about the career of Alex Trebek. Uh, and a lot of it is encapsulated in a book uh, called... Uh, Answers in the form of a question, a definitive history, an insider's guide to Jeopardy. Claire McNear is the staff writer with The Ringer and author of that book and uh, joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Claire, thank you so much for jumping on with us today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. What was the magic of Jeopardy? I mean, I can remember when I was a little kid, going back a long, long way, when it was a daytime show, even before Alex Trebek uh, was the host of it. A guy named Art Fleming was the original host of Jeopardy back in the uh, daytime TV. Uh, you know, shows like that come and go, game shows come and go. This one had staying power. What was the what was the magic? Yeah, I mean, I think part of it is just that it is a really good game. It there there aren't really other game shows that cram in more material, um, more trivia. In a game of Jeopardy, you get sixty one clues, right? And and it's a very good model. It's a very good format. And I think a lot of it was. Alex Trebek. I mean, he was just so good. He worked so hard on the show and he really kind of walked the walk of that trivia. Like he very much really did believe that it was important to know about all of these obscure things about history and geography. And you could kind of get that sense watching the show. Uh, there there's a link there, too, because, I mean, as I mentioned just before he jumped on with us here today, I, Alex actually got to start in Canadian television on CBC, uh, and right. a show that was sort of a forerunner of Jeopardy, really, was called Reach for the Top, and it was high school mm-hmm. uh, teams, participants, and it was it was basically information trivia, not unlike what Jeopardy was. Yeah, and what, what I think is really interesting about that is that itself was such a sensation that it uh, spawned the first Alex Trebek on SCTV with yes. Eugene Levy doing a kind of precursor of Will Ferrell's famous Trebek on Saturday Night Live. Um, and that sketch was later modeled after the SCTV one. So 
you know, it, trivia was so much part of his career from the very beginning, and, and so was this kind of like pop culture uh, resonance of it as well. Yeah, Eugene Levy, of course, is Alex Trebek. John Candy was uh, one of the student guests on there, and Catherine mm -hmm. O'Hare. I mean, all, all superstars. SCTV, we're just fabulous television. But, uh, you know, I guess you know you've made it uh, in Canadian TV when they start doing parodies of you. Uh, but, <laughs> And, and, and that certainly did well for him. Uh, when he did go down to the States, of course, uh, I, I say there were a couple of other game shows that he did over a period of time, and, and they all had a, sh a pretty short shelf life, as most of these game shows do. Uh, how did, did Any idea about how he actually got the gig with, with Jeopardy? I mean, as we mentioned, it was a daytime thing. I think it was on around 11 o'clock in the morning uh, uh, back in the initial days. Of Merv Griffin show, of course, Merv Griffin Enterprises. Uh, that started the show, but uh, to move it uh, into the situation where it became a staple in so many houses, uh, and he's Alex Trebek seemed to come around just at the right time. Yeah, I, I really was the the product of a lot of kind of happy um, strokes of luck, and and, and that uh, Trebek always humble sort of described it that way. Um, and and the way he got his first start in, in American game shows was through Alan Thick, um, who he'd met yeah. through the CBC, and uh, he had actually hosted Wheel of Fortune before he ever came to Jeopardy. He he did a couple kind of guest hosting um, gigs when the host was was ill, so he was familiar to Merv Griffin, and Merv Griffin kind of decided to just take take a chance with him because he was absolutely not a, a name brand personality in, in Los Angeles at that point. But he seemed to be the perfect fit. His personality, his demeanor, there was just something about him that uh, I, I think yes. as soon as he started hosting that show, uh, that uh, he was the guy. I mean, you just knew that, that that was that was his calling. Yeah, and I think it it goes back to what I was saying, where he really was that person. Like he he cared about those things. He had a huge library at his home. You know, he he really loved the classics and thought they were important. And he was also very funny and very sharp and and self deprecating. And that really was his personality. And of course, that works so well on Jeopardy. And it was really just a perfect fit. He. Uh... Many people don't know that he was actually involved in the production of the, of the show itself, wasn't he? I mean, he was executive producer. He, he, he basically called the shots on how the show was going to be put together. Yeah, in those just in those first few seasons that it came back. So starting in 1984, when they rebooted Jeopardy as this kind of mostly evening syndicated version that that we know and love today, um, he he was also the executive producer, and really it was his baby. And and um, now the show has a separate executive producer sure. who, who is just kind of dedicated to that. But but as he was doing that, I think a really interesting thing that, that Trebek did that says so much about him is he insisted on being introduced as the host of Jeopardy mm -hmm. and never the star of Jeopardy, even though it was kind of the norm for game show hosts to be introduced as the star. And he always insisted that, in fact, it was the contestants who were the stars, not him. Uh, and that's typical Canadian attitude, I guess. But I mean, it, it's, uh, it was very endearing, though. That he, you're right. I mean, because you you look at Drew Carey doing Wheel of Fortune now, and uh, not Wheel of Fortune, but The Price is Right, and all these other things. I mean, they're they're the star. They're the, they're the headliner. Alex Trebek just wanted to, he just wanted to be part of the of the set, really, didn't he? I mean, and, and let these people shine. Yeah, I mean, I think to some degree it was absolutely his his personal humility. Um, I think that you know nobody who watches Jeopardy on a on a nightly basis would deny that Trebek 
really is is the star has been the star for for sure. you know now in 37th season um but he was so eager to just feed the stage to the three contestants every night and and let them play and let them have fun and just make the show as good as it could be and and yeah you're absolutely right that frequently that was him kind of trying to just be as neutral as he possibly could Except that there were occasions, though, where he would interject. Like you say, he, he had a, a, a very sharp wit. And uh, yeah. he, he would never pick on any of the contestants, but every now and then he'd let one of those little one-liners go. Uh, I, I think probably prejudging and say, yeah, okay, they, it's not going to bother them, so I can do this. Uh, there, was, yeah. there was some levity to it at the same time, but a, a seriousness to the show, obviously, but some levity that he would inject into it. Absolutely. I think he knew very much that um, people really enjoyed that disappointed dad act where he would sort of raise his eyebrow at a contestant <laughs> who had an unusual hobby or something like that. But I think you're right that, that he really only kind of teased people when he had a sense that those players would were in on the joke. And I, uh, in the course of writing my book, was able to speak to a very large number of contestants, many of whom had a kind of prickly experience with Trebek like that, and they all loved it. For for so many of them, that is just like their fondest memory of this whirlwind day in the Jeopardy studio. Well, and not without controversy. This is just, I guess, indicative of, of how the, the public will embrace somebody like this. Do you remember the controversy years ago? Where's his mustache? <laughs> one, he just showed, and because we've known, especially in Canada, we've known Alex Trebek with the mustache for God knows how long, right? right? Even when he was doing Reach for the Top. Uh, and then all of a sudden, after a number of years with the mustache, of course, doing Jeopardy, it was gone. And that was that was a, like a, a big controversy. You know, should he get yeah. it back? Should he grow it? It, it, was, it was a thing for a while, wasn't it? Yeah, so he he famously kind of shaved the mustache off on a whim in the middle of a tape day. You know, he just was between <laughs> episodes and decided to hell with it and uh and and shaved his mustache off and um i i think that he was himself very surprised by how much attention that got and but i think it speaks to both what uh, a major part of the kind of television landscape jeopardy is and and the extent to which he in particular is this beloved figure whom people have loved for so many decades and grown up with and um, changing even something as small as a mustache was a huge deal. And, and now, of course, you know, we're going to see a much bigger change, but much sooner than I think any of us had hoped. And, mm-hmm. um, it, it, you know, I'm curious to see what comes next for Jeopardy. Alex Trebek was always the first to say that Jeopardy would continue long after him. And it, he said that, it, you know, it's just too good of a game not to. And I think that's right. But um, they're big shoes to fill. The book is called... Uh... Answers in the form of a question, a definitive history and insider's guide to Jeopardy. Uh, Clara, thank you so much for the time today. Thank you for sharing some of your thoughts with us. I know you did an extensive amount of research uh, for the book here and uh, uncovered some incredible stories, too. I really appreciate you sharing some of those with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Take care. Claire McNeil uh, from uh, the, the, the Definitive History and uh, story about Jeopardy. I want to bring uh, Bill Brio into the conversation, too, our good friend Bill Brio from Brio.tv. Uh, Bill, thanks for coming on today. Uh, sad day for, for the show business industry uh, and a sad day for fans of, of Jeopardy. Yeah, it sure is, Bill. You know, for a lot of us, it's like a death in the family. We grew up with Alex Trebek. He's always been there, and uh, we've always been proud of him. And uh, in the last year and a half, watching him soldier on and battling pancreatic cancer 
everybody was hoping for a miracle, uh, and uh, our pride and admiration just grew and grew, I think. As I was just mentioning with uh, with Claire McNear, who was just on with us a few minutes ago, uh, he he took over this show. I mean, you know, the, the, the game shows come and go. This one has enduring, uh, I think, uh, qualities to it that we just gravitated. I mean, uh, you know, everybody made sure that you know, hey, Jeopardy's on. Okay, what are we going to? That was the lead into just about everything. Now into your evening was okay. We got to watch Jeopardy and see what's going on. Uh, and for sure, he. He owned the show. He was the executive producer of the show for many years. But as we were just saying, he didn't ever want to be the star. He always wanted to shine the light on on the contestants. He did. And uh, Bill, do you remember Art Fleming? I do. Yeah, I do. You and I would know that, but not everybody. There was a guy before, uh, Alec Trebek, Art Fleming. And I remember as a little kid, it was black and white. And run home at lunchtime. And at CFTO, for some reason, they would have Art Fleming's Jeopardy, and then in the next half hour, the Flintstones. So I could instantly <laughs> get smart and stupid at the same time. <laughs> um, and it was just, yeah, it was must-see. I mean, remember watching that all the time, and they would move the questions and answers. It was mechanical. They had them on cards yeah. that they would slide up and down. Um, Beck, of course, it made it so much his own that no one remembers Art Fleming now, and it was just obviously 36 years and in the longest run, even Bob Barker wasn't as long at Price is Right as Trebek was on Jeopardy. Merv Griffin was a genius when it came to doing these sorts of things. I mean, you know, this is a guy that, that knew how to spend money and how to make money, of course, uh, you know, with all the work that he did in Beverly Hills. Uh, and he really reinvented the, the game show genre and, and had so many great successes with it, with Rule of Fortune and Jeopardy and so many other great shows like this. Uh, but he saw something in Alex Trebek. I mean, when they decided to move this into, into well, basically it was going to be in prime time, early prime time anyway. Uh, and and he, he, he actually put a lot of faith in, in Alex Trebek, who uh, heretofore, I guess, was pretty much unproven. I mean, he'd had the success here with Reach for the Top in Canada, and he'd done a couple of other shows down there. But it was a bit of a gamble, I guess. Yeah, I mean, Trebek, you know, in the U.S., he hadn't found his show, right? It was still an era that was password and, he had, I think he hosted something called Classic Concentration. Hugh Downs used to have an old yeah. that show. And uh, different things, High Rollers. Now, these things are the Wizard of Odds. Nobody remembers any of these things. Hey, Trebek used to host, like, celebrity bowling. <laughs> he did everything. And he was an announcer in Canada. But he certainly, anybody who saw him knew he was so professional. And uh, I, w- I was listening to a podcast la- just last week, um, with Martin Short was on it, and he was talking about when his career started, and he got on a Canadian show in the 70s. Alex Trebek was the announcer, and Short felt he'd made it if Trebek was announcing his show, you know. So he, he certainly had a great rep, but he just hadn't found his show. And Jeopardy and Alex Trebek, perfect combination. Uh, and, and a guy who, as we were saying earlier, was had this great ability to laugh at himself. We earlier played the clip from uh, uh, the, the, the Cheers episode when he was on there, and Cliff Clavin, of course, was one of the contestants. A funny, right. funny episode, and a couple of scenes in the in the bar after that, too, with uh, Trebek. Uh, Ryan Reynolds tweeted, I'm sure you saw that uh, this morning, yeah. uh, again, as, as fellow Canadian, but also uh, he said, you know, Alex, despite the fact that he was battling pancreatic cancer, I still did a bit in the, his latest movie, uh, and, you know, said it was in great spirits and just a fun guy to be around, and uh, I, I, that really kind of encapsulates the way most people feel about him oh my goodness i was so lucky to get to interview him several times way back when i was a tv guide it was a celebrity hockey game in toronto at maple leaf gardens that's how long ago and alan thick had organized all these celebs 
to play against the NHL old-timers. You had Brad Park and Ron Ellis, I remember. I remember watching, and Trebek's on the ice with uh, uh, Dave Coulier from Full House. And like yeah. That. And, and he looked like he's from Sudbury, right? Look, he's yeah. on that ice. He looked pretty good. Um, and I talked to him later, and he's joking that he taught Alan Thicke everything he knows. And, you know, he just was so... Um, I, I, I just always got the impression the guy knew that he was one of the luckiest people in show business, that he had this wonderful life. And, and he uh, was proud of it, but also happy that Canadians were so happy for him. You know, I think we all uh, lived vicariously a bit through what, what he was able to accomplish and uh, loved him for it. Sure did. Uh, not soon to be forgotten. Uh, Brill, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for the time today. Brio.tv, by the way, if you want to find out what's going on and who's doing it in the uh, television and movie business, that's the guy you want to talk to. Always a pleasure, Bill. Thank you. My pleasure, Bill. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.